Welcome in to the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo and Gerald Borgay. And guys, we are celebrating tonight the Phoenix Suns defeat the Memphis Grizzlies 125-108. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Who'd have thought? <laughs> Not me. Go watch the pregame show again. You know, I mean, I don't think any of us thought this. We all had uh, had Memphis winning, and it was a little morose. But hell of a job by the bench tonight, or the starters who were the bench, whatever the case may be. Uh, they all put, stepped up and stepped up fantastically tonight. Not a big game for Mikhail or DA, but the rest of the guys carried it. And uh, y- you love to see it. The heart, the hustle, the edge. They had it all tonight. That was that was the most impressive win of the season for me from the Suns. Eight Suns finished in double figures, which considering how many guys they had out is a really impressive feat. And this needs to be the standard, the baseline for where their effort, their execution, and their all-around grit is for the rest of the season, especially as guys continue to miss time. Like This is what it has to be. It's a really hard standard to live up to. But if they want to stay competitive with all the guys they have out, this is kind of the effort that we're going to need to see. And it was really nice to see the sons that we all know and recognize from the last two years again. I'm, I'm so just going to. I'm just going to say it. If Devin hadn't played those uh, two minutes in Denver, or four minutes, whatever it was, they would have won. I mean, they they showed it tonight. So. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But let's dive into this game by first looking at what's in the box. Espo, you what's in the box? What's in the box? It's 125-108. Suns beat the Grizzlies. And the story of the night really here was uh, came down to three things. Uh, Most importantly, the three-point shooting. Suns went 17 of 31, uh, and the Grizzlies went 8 of 30. Math is mathin', and that's how you win uh, their field goal percentage. Also, in the Suns' favors, they shoot exactly 50% tonight, and the Grizzlies are at 36 and 91 from the field. Impressive that the Grizzlies got off five more shots than the Suns, and they still won handily. And the bench uh, outscored the Grizzlies bench 60 to 41. And, and right there, I think that encapsulates everything uh, that led to this victory outside of rebounds. Rebounds played a part as well as the Suns had the edge there too. I think the biggest thing for me tonight was just the the bench play, right? Because we already had talked about in pregame how important the it was going to be for someone in that unit to come out and put up some numbers offensively because we are so shorthanded, obviously being without Devin Booker, without campaign, without Landry Shamit, and of course, Cam Johnson. Then you move Jock Landale into the starting unit. Like, where are we going to find any sort of offense from the bench? Well, we got super blessed tonight with an amazing game from Dwayne Washington Jr., it was so much fun to watch him. I my bet my favorite part about these last two games is that somebody who you didn't really expect to show up in as big of a way as they did showed up and were a big reason why on Sunday the game was close and tonight why they won this game. 
Yeah, that's been huge to say to see. And we've been saying this about this team, like a lot of guys are going to get opportunities to show us what they can and can't do. We know that Washington can put the ball in the hole. Um, but when he has performances like this, not just a career high in scoring, but a career high in assists as well, he came in and was a lightning rod for the bench. And that's exactly the type of thing that you want to be able to see, especially if campaign kind of fizzles in the playoffs like he did last year. You want to have a reliable alternative. And Washington has shown us like, okay, the defense isn't great, but the guy can put the ball in the hole. And in the playoffs, you need individual shot creation. You need a guy who can look for his own shot and hit it. Um, So I was really impressed with that. And you can't say enough about kind of everybody that came in, like Jock Landale and that dual big lineup, Josh Okogie hitting the offensive glass, Torrey Craig setting the tone defensively. I mean, this was just a really, really impressive win from top to bottom on this roster. Yeah, John Morant said, hey, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? And uh, you got D-Wash said, yeah, and I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going <laughs> to stick it to you uh, here. Uh, he didn't have quite as many points as Ja, but shot better, had more assists. It was it was impressive. And we say, oh, how great the bench was. Well, he may have to be the starter next game, depending on how Chris Paul looks. But uh, D-Wash is a guy on a two-way contract. Remember that. And he's come out. Uh, And he's shown flashes of what they saw in Indiana with him and the irony of how they got him with uh, Indiana having to cut him to sign uh, D.A. to the to the offer sheet and the Suns taking advantage of it. He could be one of those uh, diamonds, diamonds in the rough that you find there that you don't quite expect. I hope they can continue to uh, bring him along, groom him, because. This some people will be like, oh well, Archie Goodwin did this kind of stuff. Archie Goodwin did it in meaningless games. Uh, D Wash coming through when the Suns need him the most to get him a win. Yeah, and this was a big game. I mean, they saw on Friday how tough this team can be to beat, especially shorthanded. And also, all the comments that were made over the last week or whatever from John Morant about. You know, being fine in the West and not being afraid of anybody. I think that might have been like almost instant karma, if you will. Maybe spoke a little too soon. We've got a couple of super chats talking about it. Colin said, are they fine in the West? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know, Colin. This week was rough for them in the West. That's for sure. I think, they also I think, got, go ahead. Well, I think Jaw forgot what fine stands for. Freaked out, insecure, <laughs> neurotic, and emotional. And they're all those things right now. Oh, no. Where did you come up with that? That's a movie line. I don't remember. Oh, I was like, a- is that a thing? From the Italian job. That's it. That's oh. what it is, yes. Of course Gerald knew that one. <laughs> and then Trevor also gave us a super chat, said D-Wash and Josh Akogi stepped up big tonight. Keep it up. Um, it was just really fun to watch those two guys out there tonight. We were talking about wanting – Um, just kind of a decent basketball game, right? Like we didn't really have a whole lot of faith. We'll be honest. We, we did not anticipate this type of a game from the Suns, but anytime we lose or there's a game that we have to talk about that wasn't fun to watch, that's the number one thing is it's like, it's one thing to lose in a good basketball game, kind of like on Sunday, it was a, it was still a fun game to watch. Mm -hmm. This was a fun game to watch and we got the W and coming so shorthanded Again, it's just a, a very happy surprise on Amelia's birthday, too. Shout yes. out to Amelia. Happy birthday, by the way. The Suns get a W. Yeah, and, and that was kind of why before the game I said one of the two things I really wanted to see was them carry over that effort and that fight and that edge that they had in the Nuggets game 
to this one because this was the same team that less than a week ago completely punked them, scored 72 points in the paint, got a ton of second chance points, and just dominated from start to finish. And tonight, the Grizzlies got off to an 8-0 start. And then from there, the Suns just chipped away, chipped away. They kept playing hard. They kept fighting. And after a game like the Nuggets game where you fight really hard and you just come up short, if that were to happen again and again, it can be really demoralizing and it can make you doubt what you're doing. So to see that validated, that effort, that defensive intensity come through with a win and remind guys like, hey, if we play like this, we can compete no matter who is out on the court as long as we're all wearing Suns jerseys and playing like that. So that was the biggest thing for me is like, yes, they brought the fight and yes, they were rewarded with the type of result that we've been kind of hoping to see from them for a while now. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of questions about Monty. I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people had started to turn on him uh, in terms of being able to motivate guys. Had he lost the locker room, there was some talk of, but I think where Monty's the best is taking a group of guys like we saw out there tonight and making them believe in themselves making sure that they're ready at any moment when their their moment comes to go out there and shine. And these guys played with confidence and within themselves tonight, guys who don't normally get those minutes, Dwayne Washington, Jock Landell, uh, you know, coming out, and, and, and even Josh Okogie to a certain extent, uh, coming out and, and playing with that immense amount of confidence. Some people even may refer to it as a rational confidence, but when you have a, somebody that believes in you, it makes it a lot easier. I think that's where Monty shines, and I think you see it in a game like tonight where he keeps those guys grounded and motivated. Okay, but on the flip side, um, not to combat your argument here, your, your, your uh, point here, we do have a lot of people in the chat being like, watch, uh, D-Wash won't play at all tom- or in the next, tomorrow. D-Wash will get benched the next handful of games. He's not going to be able to. They have nobody to play. <laughs> By default, he'll play. Okay, I will say this. I just saw this tweet from Dwayne Rankin, our friend over at AZ Central, and he said, quote, Monty Williams says he was going to go a different way as far as who started, but assistant Patrick Matumbo texted him and said he should start Jock Lendell instead. Williams won't say what direction he planned to go, but you got to think it was a guard. So, well, maybe I, I'll backtrack on the roster decision, but uh, keeping guys confident in themselves. It's confident in themselves. It's important, and we've always said it's like Monty's best quality, and at times it can be his worst when he puts a little bit too much faith in guys. But for tonight, it paid off. And as far as Washington playing – um, you know, I, I think that kind of depends on Shamit because Shamit has been playing really well recently. If he's able to come back, I'm not sure. Um, but we did get word as far as Chris Paul. Um, I'm not sure if the broadcast showed it, but he did get hit in the calf. Um, and he played after it happened and was moving okay. So it might not be a concern. We'll see what the injury report is for tomorrow. Um, you want to be cautious with something like that on the second night of a back to back. But fortunately, the Suns didn't have to play their guys too much so hopefully it was just kind of like a uh, contact bruise that type of thing all right i the limp he had walking back to the locker room uh didn't exactly scream i'm gonna feel real young and spry tomorrow on a back-to-back there so hopefully they got uh they got the ice or the heat or whatever the hell they have to do uh, you know to get him up and going for tomorrow i I, do you remember the uh the old i think it was a mcdonald's commercial where, where the young girl goes, why not both? 
Well, why yeah. can't we have both uh, Shamit and uh, and Dwayne Washington in the rotation, uh, even if uh, even if CP3 is there? There's enough uh, holes in this roster to give everybody a little bit of uh, of opportunity, right? Yeah, you would think so, especially with Book out, with CP3 possibly hobbled tomorrow, with Payne out. Like, yeah, Dwayne Washington Jr. should play tomorrow, but we'll see. <laughs> If he doesn't, we riot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Especially after a night like tonight, Dwayne Washington Jr. balled out. And for that, he is going to be our draft king, king of the game. He finished with a career high 26 points. He was five of nine from deep. He also had a career high eight assists tonight. Shout out to D Wash for bringing the fun here on this Tuesday evening, just after Christmas, continuing on with the holiday cheer. And if you guys are not already on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we highly recommend you get on the app because it makes watching games so much more fun. Right now, you can download the app, but make sure you sign up with that promo code PHNX because once you place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and they do, you're going to get $150 in free bets. That is code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Unfortunately for Espo and I, <laughs> our bets did not hit tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried. We tried our best. It was a rough night as far as uh, betting on the Suns. But I will <laughs> say in pregame, I did tell you guys that DraftKings puts up a percentage of people who are betting um, the spread or the money line for which team. And there was 82% of people were betting on Memphis. So that 18% of you out there who were crazy enough to take the Suns in tonight's game, y'all cashed out. And I'm really proud of you um, for having way more faith than all of us here did. <laughs> I called you idiots. Well, I'm the idiot. So congratulations. Well, you took the plus money and you made some damn, uh, damn cash. I did not. I actually put money down on DA to hit that three. And I should have put it all on uh, Jock Landell to hit that freaking three tonight because he did it uh, impressively. By the way, I don't know that you know this, Lindsay, but going into January, we're actually going to start keeping standings on who actually hits on their bet and see who can have the best record by the end of the month. Oh, man. I feel like this isn't going to end well for me. No, those records are going to be rough. (laughs) It's not going to end well for any of us. That's why we don't host the bet show here. Uh, This is facts. This is why we don't host the bet shows. Um, I think, honestly... Like, it, it makes me really upset to say this out loud, but I feel like Saul's going to have the best option because, Espo, you and I, we place bets mostly with our hearts and our emotions and, like, who we want to do well, not really who should do well or who is likely to do well. You know what I'm maybe, saying? Maybe I'll change my way of doing it. Maybe we'll do it based on if you put $10 on your bet, how much money you'd win and see who has the most money at the end of the month. Ooh, I like I that know. one. I like that. I don't know. But we're going to make this interesting because that's how much uh, I enjoy the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And I think we need to uh, put a little skin in the game on the show as well. Uh, Mike B said, I'll help y'all out. I'll kill it. LOL. Well, just DM me, Mike. Don't help them. Help me. (laughs) The most Lindsay. I called dibs on Mike B. I called dibs on Mike B. Also, I want to remind you guys that our inaugural PHNX Tea Party presented by Four Peaks at Dobson Ranch golf course is just around the corner and we want you to come hang out with us 
and have some fun. We're renting out the entire driving range. Come hang out with Big Drive Energy and all of us and fellow diehards for a night of golf, food, drinks, contest prizes, sons basketball, you name it, so much more because we're going to be hosting a watch party as well as the Suns take on the Timberwolves. That's January, Friday the 13th at 5.30 p.m. And Four Peaks will obviously be out there. They are presenting partners for this event. It's going to be a blast. And if you guys want to come hang out with us, it's $45 per person. Or if you are a diehard, it's $36 per person. You can also get discounted rates on foursomes. Um, And then kids 10 and under can come and play for free. And we also have a youth clinic planned for all of them. So bring your kids if you want to come hang out with us. Again, it's going to be a blast. You really should come hang out with us. And these driving range bays at Dobson Ranch are unlike anything you've ever experienced before. They are top golf simulators. So not only are you practicing your swing, you can play golf at like a Torrey Pines or one of the major courses and it tracks your ball. It's a lot of fun. We went out there for an all-employee meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I can't recommend it enough. I can't wait to get out there January 13th with each and every one of you and uh, look like an idiot swinging a golf club. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do have one more super chat. Uh, Psycho Blue. Unfortunately, Psycho Blue, Saul is not here. He took a little bit of PTO this week to recharge and spend some time with the fam. But Espo, do you want to try and do this one some justice or do you want me to do it? No, I, I will do it. Basketball okay. Cthulhu says, mortals, show your excess zeal when at an advantage. Pa! By the way, I live in D.C. tomorrow. Expect a pregame, postgame video in the Discord. That part nice. wasn't from Basketball Cthulhu. That was from Psycho Blue himself. Uh, he'll be out there at the game uh, rocking a, a jersey that he said uh, he thinks we all should like as well. So check it out. Maybe we'll even show the the video from the discord on here either pre or post uh, depending on how well he films it yeah if it, if it's good psycho blue we might be able to put it up on the show um i would i would suggest doing it horizontally though not vertically even though i know vertical video is the king right now whatever 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 this show is horizontal so shoot it just, that way <laughs> just get your best side like Lindsay always makes us do per her contract so there you go there you go you get it espo you get it all right back to the game three-point shooting was also inside the box tonight that was a big one for the phoenix suns they were seven or 17 of 31 from the field they shot just about just under 55%, but Memphis, they were eight of 30 from deep and shot just shy of 27%, not the field from deep. My bad on that one. How exciting was it to see just the variety of those people out there, the Suns players out there knocking down three point shots tonight? Yeah, I think it was as, as much as it was exciting to see him hit almost 55% of them. It was who hit him. Jock Landell, who was sitting 16% on the year, went two of two. He was at the, hit 100% of the threes he took tonight. Torrio Craig went two of four. Uh, Chris Paul, an impressive four of five. Damian Lee, a rough night for him from three. He went two for four, 50%. And then Dwayne Washington Jr. went five of nine from deep for that 56% like we talked about. I liked who hit him tonight. Not just that they hit him. And then, like we always say, uh, the math is the math, right? And uh, and the Suns win because the math wins. So. Right. And that's been a really welcome sight this season is the Suns upping their three-point attempts while still staying, I think, in the top 10 
in three-point efficiency. That's really huge for this team. And it was a glaring weakness in their first matchup earlier this week. Sun shot nine for 35 in that matchup, which is just about 26%. So this was much better. And it was kind of always going to be a battle of contrasting styles. The Grizzlies being the number one team in the league in points in the paint versus the Suns being a predominantly really good three-point shooting team. First time around, the points in the paint, they dominated. This time around, it was much more even, um, and the Suns were able to win that three-point battle. So that was really good to see, and it was especially good because the ball was humming. Like The ball movement on some of the threes that they were generating was really impressive, um, and that's hard to do when you don't have Devin Booker in there or, or campaign who are two of your three primary creators on offense. So um, just can't say enough about how encouraging this kind of performance is without Devin Booker, without Landry Shamit, without Cam Johnson, who are three of their better three-point shooters. I think the biggest surprise for me was Chris Paul, to be completely honest with you, because that has been a struggle we've talked about all season. Even on Sunday, we had this conversation um, it was more around his free throws, but just shooting in general, that it, it just hasn't been a great year for Chris Paul. Um, Gerald, I know you said earlier there was like an update around Chris Paul and the injury. Was the update that there was no update as of right now? The update was that he hit his calf and that um, he was able to play after that. Um, so we don't have a, an official update. Apparently, Monty answered a question about it and didn't seem too concerned as far as his status for tomorrow. We'll see. Like Espo mentioned, he's 37 now, so we'll see how the body's feeling the next day. Um, but yeah, he was four or five. He's shooting, I think coming into this game, he was shooting 39% from three in the month of December. So he's quietly been turning it around for a while now. I think that percentage will go up after tonight. Um, so yeah, this is really encouraging stuff because he's needed to adjust as a catch and shoot guy since he can't really get to his spots in the mid-range as well as he used to. Um, so when he's confident in hitting open shots like that, it really mitigates you know, the loss of kind of the athleticism and the separation he used to be able to create. I hate yeah, to be I, this. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I hate to be this guy, but the last time Monty told us not to worry about Chris Paul, uh, we got an update again about him, an official one, <laughs> four weeks later, I believe. So, yeah. you know, I'm not going to buy anything at face value when I get a post game. Yeah, we think he'll be all right. Kind of comment. We'll find out tomorrow for sure. <laughs> That's fair. I think it's I think it's fair to be a little cautious when it comes to Chris Paul and injuries at this point. Um, I did see in, a, in the chat, Kenner, it said CP's turnovers this game were not like him. Ozzy Sunspans pod said, but CP was significant in key moments and uh some of those big threes helped out quite a bit. So those turnovers, you're right. That's very uncharacteristic for Chris Paul. He had four of them tonight. Are you guys on any sort of, have you changed your minds or do you have any additional feelings? Because we're seeing this again in the chat, wanting Chris Paul to play less. I'm not going to go as far as to say benching Chris Paul, obviously, or bringing him off the bench, anything of that sort. But are you, are you, do you feel any type of way about Chris Paul slowing this team down? I'm sorry. How the hell are we going to play Chris Paul less when we have zero fucking players that can play? Well, in theory, I think in theory, this would be when we're healthy. Yeah, when we're healthy. Talk to me in March when we're healthy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And do we have selective amnesia? The dude had 16 assists and zero turnovers on Christmas night. Like, I, yes, I get that you bring him on the curve. 
Right. <laughs> he's, oh, over the last two games, he's had 22 assists and four turnovers. All right. Just, <laughs> right. I think we'll be okay. Right. Some I, of the... I, I get that, that we grade him on a curve. When you, when a guy's nickname's the point God, anything mm-hmm. less than celestial, you wind up going, hmm, has he fallen off? But you know what? I, I, I get it. I, I, I get that you're concerned about him, but four or five from three tonight. The other night, 16 assists, zero turnovers. This isn't the same Chris Paul we got the first two years here, but he's still the, a guy that is better than, you know, three-fourths of the point guards that have been here over the last 15 years. So just keep that in mind. Look, I, I think we all need to come to grips with the fact that Chris Paul is not the point guard anymore, but he's not a guy that comes off the bench either. And he's not a guy that you bench at this stage because you have no other alternatives. Anyway, Um, there are going to be nights where he has a high number of turnovers, a high number of assists and a low shooting percentage. There are going to be nights like tonight where he shoots really well from three because he's just that talented. I don't know what it is with him physically that we you know we don't see that same separation he just doesn't have that same burst anymore but like he's still one of the all-time smartest players in NBA history he's still a really good facilitator and he's still a guy that if he can become an efficient catch and shoot guy like he's been all season that can help make up for some of the other deficiencies that we're starting to see we need to see the other guys Mikhail DA Cam Johnson the guys that are getting more shots with Chris Paul taking less of that burden, step up and be those, you know, those second or third options. There are going to be nights where Chris Paul can look like a second option, but they're going to be a lot rarer than they were last year. And that makes it difficult, but you know, he's still an all-time smart player. He's still going to help you run your offense. Um, and it's not like you have any alternatives anyway. <laughs> so look, Gerald, okay. I, I'm not a I'm not a trainer. But mm-hmm. I did stay at a low level in last night, so I can uh, make a uh, make a projection here as to what's wrong. He's mm-hmm. 38, and I think he's out of shape too. <laughs> I think those two things are what's causing it right now. Relatively out of shape because he could still <laughs> run us under True. the table. But yeah, yeah, he's 37, and I, I I still am curious what switch was flipped, what happened to his body. Because as soon as he turned 37, he went from having one of his best playoff series ever to looking like a shell of himself at times. Um, And it's very confusing. I don't know if we'll ever get the truth on what the severity of whatever he was dealing with was. But um, yeah, the situation is what it is. You need the other guys to step up now and kind of pick up the slack on that front. But there will still be nights like tonight where he's really great, especially in that third quarter, like, It was him, it was DA, and it was Dwayne Washington who came in and helped kind of stem the tide with John Morant scoring 22 in the quarter. Like that shouldn't be lost in all this. As as much as he committed four turnovers, he hit some big threes that kind of pushed the momentum back in the Suns' favor in this game after the Grizzlies had got it down to single digits. And that was so huge in this game because we knew John Morant only had 10 points in the first half. Mm-hmm. We knew there was going to be a moment in this game where John Morant was like, enough of this. I'm going to go off. I'm going to will this team to a win. And he tried. He tried really hard in that third quarter. Like you said, 22 points in that third quarter. Had it not been for like Chris Paul, D-Wash, D-A, helping to offset what John Morant was doing in that third quarter, we very well could be talking about a completely different game because they got what? What was it? A 
was it a 13 point or 16 point lead down to single digits? It was 19 down to single digits. There you go. That could have been a disaster for the Suns had we not had those guys there to keep the momentum in the Suns' favor, to keep everything on the court calm and collected and the energy high. So we have to give them some credit where credit is due. I will ask the question, though, if we had what in in Suns fans' minds is a better backup point guard, would we feel the same way about Chris Paul? You mean like Tyrese Halliburton or? He's not a backup, Gerald. He's a starter and a star in this league, all right? You are correct. You are correct. <laughs> Why you got to add salt to injury? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's still going to drive me crazy. Add insult to injury. Dang. I mean, look, nobody has a, a point guard that's going to be significantly better than even a downgraded Chris Paul as their backup right now. Like, mm-hmm. unless you make some trade for some guy that's an undeniable starter at the point guard position and going to be your future, you would never even consider benching Chris Paul. I'm sorry, you just wouldn't. Maybe cutting down his minutes somewhat, uh, but, but even that, I mean, the guy has earned the ability to go out there and to continue to play. Uh, for what he's done with this franchise and what he's done in his career, it's definitely something he's earned the right to do. I, I just, I think it's insulting to talk like, should you bench him uh, at all uh, right now? And especially, you know, part of this year he's been hurt. You just have to accept he's not that guy anymore, but he's good enough to be in your starting lineup, like Gerald said. Yeah, absolutely. Like the first five or six games of the season when everybody was healthy and you had your preferred starting lineup with Cam Johnson in there, that five-man unit had a net rating of like plus 28 or something ridiculous like that. So we know that that five-man starting unit can perform if they're fully healthy. They need to get there, obviously. But now we're starting to see some of the bench guys who have had to step up and go outside their comfort zone a little bit. And hopefully that will give them confidence when they return to these bench roles, which is where they're going to need to be for the playoffs campaign. We've kind of seen him really thrive as a starter and then it kind of fizzled out. And then once he came back to the bench, he was struggling a little bit before he got hurt. You really want to see a guy like that be able to step up and prove that he can do it in the bench role as well moving forward. Um, But yeah, there's, there's just no better alternative to Chris Paul on this roster right now. Like I love Dwayne Washington jr's offense, but the defense is still a liability. And, and with campaign, there's some sporadic decision-making there. There's a little bit of inconsistency. I, I just, Chris Paul is the starter for a reason. You know, what Unless- help with all of this um, anxiety and concern and despair around our point guard situation? Oh, I've got a couple guesses, but I think uh, OGs. OGs, that's right. right, Espo. Our friends over at OGs are here for you, no matter what your needs are. Do you have anxiety around the suns and the point yes. guard situation? OGs, yes. got your back. Do you have a hard time sleeping at night because you're staying up thinking about the suns point guard situation? Yes. OGs has got your back. Are you out hanging out with your friends and you just want to have a good time, but you can't stop thinking about the suns point guard situation? No, I don't have any friends. What are friends? Well, even if you did, OG's has your back. And they also have fantastic flavors, you guys. OG's has something for everyone. Like I said, all those different things, OG's has you covered. They also have microdose edibles. So if you're just kind of wanting to tiptoe into the edible world or you just don't want to go too hard, 
for whatever reason, there's a, I think it's what, three milligrams? Is that what it is? Yes. Can three? I yeah. can I tell a story about this? Why you, why going with OGs and understanding that they have the dosing correct is important. Yeah. I just had a buddy of mine on Facebook post today. Yes, I still check Facebook every once in a while. I don't post there, but apparently one of my friends is like 70 in his mind said, <laughs> what happens when you take two 100 milligram edibles instead of two 10 milligram edibles? And my my thing is, I don't know, but if you had OGs, you wouldn't have that issue. <laughs> Wait, he took a 100 milligram edible? 200. Oh, 200? Two of them. Was that oh, our good God. friend, Mr. Dunlap? That was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Our good friend, our Hoops Habit alum, Michael Dunlap. Shout oh, out. I see. I thought this was a joke again no. that I've missed. No, um, no. Nope. That's... Just a buddy of ours. <laughs> Bro, I would be that person who goes to like urgent care being like, I'm dying. And they're like, you're just high. Calm down. <laughs> Look. Well, just... anyway. Like Espo said, OG's has you covered. The dosing, spot on. The flavor, spot on. The product, spot on. You guys can find them at ogsbrands.com or at your local dispensary, but you must be 21 years or older to enjoy, and we ask that you enjoy them responsibly. Like, read the dosage before you just indulge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's recommended. Uh, I, I have, I'm calling an audible. Can I surprise you guys with something? Sure. Yes. I'm making Lindsay uncomfortable. Maybe yeah. you should take one of those OGs. Did we have another ad read? Yeah. We need to get to go to the <laughs> ad read and then I'll bring you the special surprise. Okay. Cause I was going to say, but if you partake in OGs, I know for myself, I get a little hungry, you know, and I just want something really good and really solid. Well, I got a recommendation for you guys. Burrito Express. Burrito Express is bomb. Our friends over there are always taking care of us. Uh, they brought us food the other day and it's always one of my favorite days in the office when Burrito Express stops by with a delivery because who doesn't love burritos? I mean, honestly, they have really great salsa as well. I have a wide variety of different burritos you guys can choose from. They have multiple valley locations, um, but the one in Tempe is one of my favorites because it's pretty close to where I live. And right now, if you um, right now if you buy a twenty-five dollar Burrito Express gift card, you're gonna get a free burrito. So it's perfect. You know, maybe you. Uh, missed out on one of the Christmas celebrations or you've got one that you have to make up and you didn't get a gift, well, there you go. Go buy a $25 Burrito Express gift card and you can get a burrito for the road to go as well. So head on over to your nearby Burrito Express location today. All right, what's your uh, surprise, Otto? Well, it's not Michaela stealing all of our burritos and putting them in a box in her office. That's Dude, for Michaela another day. literally stole all our burritos, you guys. <laughs> That's for another day. But I do have a surprise. We've got a PH and X factor tonight. It's the one, the only, Josh Kogi is our X factor tonight. Some people were mad that we did not give him king of the game, but we had something special saved just for him. The heart, the hustle that he brought tonight. That's why he's our X factor. You know, Josh Kogi is so much fun. Like, I know we joked about it in the pregame show when I told you guys, I was like, Josh Kogi knocked down three-point shooter, whatever. He didn't have a three-point bucket tonight. But Josh Okoge, he got to the line eight times. He added 12 points into this game. He was three of six from the field. Six rebounds. Like, you're, you want to talk about who brings the energy every time they step on the floor? It's Josh Okoge. And I need that to rub off on everyone else in this entire on this entire team. Yeah, and it's it's really cool because he comes in and he's not the best shooter. He's been shooting the ball well recently, but he's not the best shooter 
but he just has this downhill mentality. He might be the best player on the roster in terms of being able to draw contact when he drives to the rim. He's got that change of pace kind of Euro step that he likes to use and he's strong enough to shoulder contact, but he's hitting the offensive glass. He's getting downhill, seeking out contact, playing physically. And he's one of the most athletic guys on the roster too. So once or twice a night, he'll just have this insane defensive play or offensive putback or something that just makes you go, Oh shit, this dude has bunnies or he's got speed or he's stronger than hell. Um, And it's the type it's, it's like a minimal thing, but it really makes a difference when he makes those highlight plays that get the whole bench off their feet and kind of can shift momentum in that way. The Suns don't often have a ton of plays like that, but Okogi seems good for one every single night. And that's hard to do off the bench, especially when you start the season, not having a consistent role or consistent minutes. So that was what really impressed me tonight was him and Tory Craig. Nobody was playing harder than them on the floor tonight. And they really helped set that defensive tone right from the start. Um, I'm actually going to try and write about a Kogi for tomorrow, but if not tomorrow, sometime this week, because he's been an X factor for the Suns off the bench for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. I, I loved what I saw from him tonight. Uh, I think you're right. He and Tori were, uh, were really the energy uh, Tori in that, in that first quarter and, and Josh in that second half. And one of my favorite plays was when he tied up Dylan Brooks and Dylan Brooks, mm-hmm. Didn't have his dribble anymore. So Josh was smart enough to know he could go double because mm-hmm. he Brooks couldn't do anything. He was stuck there. And it led to a really poor uh, a poor showing uh, on that play from Dylan Brooks. It was the first time I went, oh, yeah, I could see how somebody could confuse him for Mashon. So <laughs> uh, so I, I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, Kogi just brings freak athleticism, too, when you don't expect it, which which, you know, I love watching when he just comes in and flies in for a putback. Uh, he's usually good for one of those every every night, and I, I enjoy watching him. Um, okay, so speaking of Brooks, Ozzy Suns fan and a lot of people in the chat have been talking about him. And Ozzy mm-hmm. asks the important question: Is you guys is Dylan Brooks Pat Bev light? Do people like just really dislike this guy across the league now? I think so, and I think because of a lot of the things that he's been saying off the court now, you, you, you've you seen his quotes plastered up on quote graphics a lot more recently because he's been talking about the Grizzlies and the dynasty or whatever. Like he, He's one of those guys that love him or hate him. He is going to say what's on his mind. He's going to always talk a lot of smack. He's going to play physically and aggressively to the point that some people are going to think he's downright dirty. Um, he's, he's just one of those guys and he's one of the guys that I wanted the Suns to draft back when he was available in that draft. Um, but there are nights where he will definitely shoot his team right out of it. I think tonight was kind of one of those nights. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I can see the Pat Beverly light comparison there. Look, I love it. Give me Dylan Brooks pulling the shit he pulls. Give me John Morant talking crap that he can't back up. This means what? Guess what? Memphis is going to be more hated than the Suns. The Suns may wind up being a feel-good story this season because you got guys like them shooting off your mouth and the Suns trying to fight their fight their way to stay up in the standings without half their guys. I love it. Keep talking your crap. Be fine in the West uh, and, and take your lumps, too, along the way. Do you really think that will happen, though? I think I, it's starting to shift. 
I, I agree. I think the Grizzlies are becoming the most hated team because like the Suns, they are a young team that's come kind of out of nowhere and uh, are on the rise and they don't care about the people that are in their way. And they're just going to say whatever they want without regard for how it's accepted or not accepted by everyone listening. So I, I think they're kind of the smash mouth trash talking team that the Suns were a couple of years ago now. Uh, and people don't like that. Okay, but are we talking like players disliking the Grizzlies and like their players like wanting to beat them? Or are we talking fan base beef? Both. I think both. I think mostly fan base at this point. But like if you remember, I don't think a lot of teams had a huge problem with the Suns, like their players, until they kept winning and kept talking. And that's what it'll take for the Grizzlies to get to that point too, I think. They're they're Walmart Phoenix from two years ago. Worst city, (laughs) worst roster. Oh, God. Worst name. It's going at the city of Memphis now. As I'm kidding. I love the city of Memphis. But look, don't clip this and don't put it on the internet. I don't need that heat. That's all I'm saying. We don't need another, uh, another I love crazy you, Memphis. shenanigans. I love uh, Jaw talking. I love Dylan Brooks. I love Memphis. All right. The barbecue is spectacular. The pyramid that used to be your arena and now is a a, a, a a fishing store, a bass pro shop is amazing. I love Memphis. All right. Memphis is solid. Uh, we got another super chat from Vertigo said, what's your thoughts on Memphis getting B slapped tonight, Lindsay? Um, I'm really glad that it happened to be completely honest with you. And it's not, it's, it's less about it happening to Memphis and more about who did the bee slapping because <laughs> Lord knows I was not about to be able to sit here and have a full-on meltdown about the Suns losing yet another game. And especially to Memphis, you know what I mean? Because Memphis is a very likable, well, prior to all the trash talking of this season, they've been a very likable franchise. They've been easy to root for. And I kind of feel like they've been getting a little more love than the Suns, and I'm jealous of that. So it's not that I dislike Memphis as a franchise or a team or any of their players. It's just I'm just a little jealous. So it is nice to see um, the Suns be slapped the Grizz, and especially shorthanded. You know what I'm I'm, saying? I'm not jealous. They have to deal with Chris Vernon, so – I mean, Chris Vernon, you, <laughs> friend of the program. Nice. That was a joke. It was a you joke. Nice. That's our friend. That's our homie. <laughs> um, I did have another question for you. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, Gerald, you brought up a really interesting thing on Twitter today. Well, it wasn't really that interesting. It was just a very obvious ob- observation. Thanks, Liz. Um, <laughs> Thanks for making a dumb observation, Gerald. We just wanted to point it out. No, no, no. But but I thought it was important. I even screenshotted it. I thought it was important enough to bring oh. up on the show. But you said, this is the standard for effort, execution, and grit the Suns will need to match on a nightly basis with Devin Booker and so many guys out. It takes a lot, but it's the bar they need to match to climb out of their recent funk. And I completely agree with that. And I almost will be like, I agree even despite or even without the injuries. When everyone is healthy, this is still the level that they need to match every single night because we've seen games this year. They may not be entirely healthy, but you've got book in there. You've got campaign in there and we still don't have the energy and the effort and the hustle. And I don't know where that kind of fell off this season or what the cause of that was, because I don't, I I don't recall it as much last year later in the, in the regular season. I remember that, but prior to that last few weeks of the season, I feel like this team always came out with energy and hustle. And I don't know what the difference has been this year, 
but we need to fix it, whatever it is. It needs to look like tonight, every night. Yeah, I, I think it's taken a bit of soul searching. If you think about the summer from hell that they had, if you think about game seven demons, which were very real and hard to shake off, um, you think about the turnover, all of the off-court headlines they had to endure. I really do think it kind of shook them a little bit. And I think they've realized over the last month or so, like, we're not good enough, especially not healthy, to just show up and think we can win games like last year. Like, they were a very talented team last year, but it always started with their effort and their execution, their attention to detail with the game plan and going out and executing that. And this season, it's been a lot more sporadic. And, and we've seen, okay, it wasn't just talent. It was a lot of hard work. It was commitment on defense. Um, and it was focus. And so I, that's why it was so good. This game and last game too, to see them kind of get back to that identity. Like we're the team that needs to hunt the other team. We're the team that needs to be the hardest working team, not the team that other opponents are gunning for us and trying to show us up. We've got to get back to being the predators, not the prey. And so that's why this game was so uh, important and impressive to me is with so many guys out, they've resurfaced that identity. They got back to their roots um, and they showed that they can do this. Like it's really hard to play this way on a night to night basis. And this is something Monty said multiple times last year. It's hard to put that much energy and effort and focus on a night to night basis in this league. But when they do that, it doesn't matter who's on the court. They can compete with anybody. Um, and that's what they're going to need, especially with Devin Booker possibly out for a couple weeks now. Yeah, they went from lunch pail attitude to, to caviar attitude there for a little while. And I think these injuries and, uh, you know, and some of these losses have woken them up a bit and, and should. They need to be that hard-nosed team. They need to be that team that doesn't forget where they came from. And I know there's a lot of new faces, but I mean, Devin should be reminding them every step of the way, this is where this team was and we never want to go back there. And you don't go back there when you work hard like this, this is what we need, need to see. And, and I think it'll come down to that uh, when they're, when they're healthy, it's going to be, uh, and whatever deal they make, because it, it feels like a deal is, uh, is, imminent even though we felt like that since <laughs> since last summer but uh whatever happens i hope this is the attitude the effort that that shines through the rest of the way because Lindsay, you're right this is this is what they need so yeah and then albert in the chat said nah we just need something to spark us like not making the bubble playoffs lakers finals i i get that like this team does seem to thrive when something does provide a spark for them but because we've never won anything before, we've never we've never achieved what we set out to achieve since this franchise became a thing here in Phoenix. That should be spark enough. Right. Like I understand having off days every once in a while. Like it's a long season. They are working their butts off. The travel is insane. Like been there, done that. I totally understand that. But it's one thing to have an off game every couple of weeks or twice a month. It's another thing to make it seem like it's becoming a part of who you are, where the, these, these games where the energy is high and the hustle is high, those are becoming the one-off games. Like, I just don't want to fall into that bad habit. Even mm -hmm. though this team is good and they can, when they're fully healthy, especially when they have Devin, they can dig themselves out of it. It's still a bad habit that you need to break immediately. 
Right. And, and that's, that goes back to the mentality that Monty was talking about. We need to hit first. We need to hunt, not be the hunted. Like it can't be reactionary. It has to be, the spark has to be internal because we saw even just recently, they had an opportunity to respond to adversity or to find motivation from an external factor when they played the Celtics, the number one team in the East and got shellacked. They had an opportunity to do that going to Dallas when, you know, all throughout the playoffs, they got walloped there and this was their first time back there. And then it happened again. Like this is a team I think that had to do a little bit of soul searching and realize we have to put it upon ourselves to find that motivation from the start. We can't be looking for someone to talk trash about us or to hit us first and then respond to it. Like we've got to get back to our roots and be the team that strikes first. Yeah. Gerald, you're, you're a movie guy. And to me, uh, Rocky four, I think is the one where he's living in the mansion, has the robot, yep. you know, is like uh, living high on, uh, on, on all his success. Uh, and he has to take a, a step down before he remembers who he is. Uh, you had the talking robot at the beginning of this year. Uh, the sun's jumped the shark a little bit in terms right. of their attitude, but I think they're, uh, I, I think they're rem- remembering that uh, they were the underdog and right now they're that again. So was that three or four? I think it was four. Because I know I know four was three, Russia. Isn't three where uh, where Creed Apollo Creed dies? No, that's four. Is that four? Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Point being, it's the one with the damn talking robot, and yeah. uh, and they all live in the mansion together. That's the one I'm talking about. So. What are we talking about again? Rocky. Oh, Rocky. Oh, right, right, right. My bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Giving you guys a little bit of grief. Um, well, this isn't a movie, but we can interest you in some fantasy on Underdog Fantasy. Oh, hey. oh, okay. Whew, all right. Let I don't know. Go. I don't know. I tried. That one was hard. I didn't know what to do there, but I'm going to tell you about the Underdog Fantasy app because it's a heck of a lot of fun. It combines fantasy sports and the potential to win a lot of money. And who doesn't love those two things, especially when they are combined? One of my favorite things about the Underdog Fantasy app is the daily fantasy sports. They do it a little bit differently, right? So you don't have to commit to a whole bunch of things. You can just Grab five of your friends, draft your team against them, and whoever has the highest scoring squads for that night could win some cold, hard cash. Like, it's so easy. Anybody can get in on the action. And if you guys want to join Underdog Fantasy, you can go to underdogfantasy.com or you can download the app. But make sure you sign up with the promo code PHNX because when you use that promo code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. They literally want to give you free money to play with. And who are we to not take advantage of these amazing promotions from our sponsors? They're a heck of a lot of fun. And if you're not really like into fantasy sports, you this is your first time dabbling in that world, we have a fantasy show here at PHNX that can help you out a whole bunch. Um, Espo will play underdog fantasy sports with you. Shane will play with you. So if you guys don't have friends who don't want to get on the app, just hit us up in the DMs. We all play. So they're a lot of fun. The way it um, was Rocky Four with the talking robot. Don't, okay. don't question my uh, my ability to remember crap, all right? Um, I, I'm getting a lot of heat in the chat right now for not knowing what Rocky is. I know what it is. I was just giving them grief, you guys. I don't know that I've watched all of them, but I've watched at least a couple of them. I know there Rocky. Was... Moose and Squirrel. Of course, Rocky. That yeah, Rocky. exactly. <laughs> Somebody says I was a three ninjas person. I don't know what that is. Oh. What? I don't think I do, unless I'm just like not remembering the name. 
oh, they were terrible, but they were such lovable movies growing up. Oh, yes, they were they terrible, were. but yeah, you should have watched them. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> okay, Gerald. They were awful movies, but they were such a beloved char- part of my childhood growing up. Lindsay, the shows you weren't here for were terrible, and you admitted to watching those. <laughs> <laughs> That's different, us though. Can, can we talk about <laughs> something that was like really great? to 50 minutes. Yeah, That's let's true. talk about that. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I haven't had a chance to uh, since it happened, but uh, Matt and uh, and Justin Ishbia, the future owners of the Phoenix Suns, once they're approved by the league, did a very, very nice thing uh, the other day. Uh, Bright side of the sun, and one of our uh, one of our friends sites, uh, Dave King, uh, does a bright uh, bright side night with the Suns, where they let uh, underprivileged children go to games they take donations and they uh, they get the tickets to these kids uh matt and justin ishbia donated a hundred thousand dollars to that uh to that cause the other night because they wanted to be part of uh of the community and doing something nice and i i talked with justin ishbia and he said uh, quote we're excited to formally close the partnership as soon as we can and get started we want to make a really positive impact on the community and win a lot of games too we could not be more excited, end quote. So uh, so they're excited to be part of this community. And I thought that was a very, very cool way to show a commitment to fans out of the box. I know some people say, oh, it's PR. Well, guess what? Uh, the disgraced future former owner didn't even understand that from word one. So, uh, so these guys, at the very least, understand, take care of your fans, they'll take care of you. Yeah, when I saw that, I was I was immediately like, this makes me feel so much better about the future of this franchise and that organization, uh, not just from a basketball perspective, but more so from behind the scenes. What people who work in that organization, us who follow this team, who love this team, um, just feeling better about where our support or who, what, are, what we're supporting at the end of the day, because even though we're supporting the guys on the court, it still goes up to the top. And it's a really cool thing that Dave does over there with Brightside Night. And so for them to donate that much money that will allow them to offer tickets to so many more kids here in the Valley was so fun to read. And I think that was like on Christmas Eve, wasn't it? Yeah. Which made and it they, a little bit, it was kind of, it was actually a little, it was like, that's real cute. I like well, it. And they, I, I heard that they, uh, they went well out of their way to try to, uh, get in touch with Dave to make it happen too. So this wasn't a half-assed. We're just gonna gonna write a check. I mean, they actually put in the effort to to get in touch with Dave and take care of it. So uh, it's really cool to hear. That is really cool, especially because Dave has been doing this for a long time now, and um, you know that that's really neat to have these kids be able to go to these games that they might not otherwise be able to go to, um, and to have the you know new owners coming in and finding out about this type of thing, wanting to contribute and, and helping cultivate lifelong fans by showing that interest. I mean, that's just really cool all around. So um, yeah, that's, that's exactly what you want to see out of your new owners of the team. Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that up Espo, because that was a good, good way to end this show with some shout outs to the new owners, shout outs to Dave King for putting on that event and uh, both of them being able to work together to, bring so many kids out to a Suns game here in the very near future. Anything else from tonight's game? Do it again uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I, look, I'll take a one point win tomorrow. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Just get a win. Go out there, show the same hustle, effort, get a W, bring Kyle Kuzma home with you. You're fine. That's all, <laughs> that's all I care about. Kidnap that's, Kuz. That's it. I, I don't, yeah, I don't care if you have to go Celtic pride and literally abduct him from the Washington Wizards locker room and bring him on the team playing. Do not leave Washington without Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow with a pre- and post-game show as the Suns are set to take on the Washington Wizards. So plan to come hang out with us then. Uh, If you have not already, just real quick, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't already, become a diehard. All of Gerald's, or majority of Gerald's content is now free over at gophnext.com, but diehards are going to get so many more perks. You get exclusive content that Gerald curates specifically for you. But in addition to that, you get a free hat or a t-shirt every single year. You get discounts on events and merch like the uh, event that we have coming up on January the 13th. No, 13th, right? Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's Friday the 13th, y'all. It's going to be even more fun. Um, So become a a diehard over at gophnx.com today. Plus, the best part, in my opinion, is you get access to the Discord and the Discord is a heck of a lot of fun. So again, go phnext.com. Plus Thanks, those, fantasy, those fantasy movies Lindsay was talking about earlier, you get them if you're diehard. So. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. That sounds a little bit weird. I don't know. Oh God, sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Feel weird. Oh no. I was like, wait, what are we talking about? I'm so confused. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. We appreciate you as always. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Hey, uh, the Phoenix Suns may not be the best team in the NBA, but Memphis, you can still suck it. Ahoy, hoy.